0: It's a high drive, center field. Beer leans back. This game is turned. Hello and welcome to Swing for Contact podcast. This is episode seven. It is March 7th, 2023. Today I am joined by just Noah because Aiden is in bed with the flu and he decided to not have his Jordan flu game today. That's fine. We'll save it for another time. Uh, He better not wimp out on us come playoff time when uh, October rolls around. Uh, Today we're going to talk about some more spring training recaps, some new developments with the rules. Uh, look at the WBC a little bit, check out some of those brackets in the pool play. That starts tonight for those interested, uh which you're not seeing this until 2 days from now, so it's already happened, but pool play is in full go, so make sure you check out some WBC pool play. Uh and we're going to talk about some college baseball tournaments that have that have happened around the state. So uh let's just get right into it. Uh Noah, how are you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling great. I'm so happy I don't have the flu like Aiden.
0: So happy you don't have the flu like Aiden. That is a good place to be. Um, looking around spring training, we've, we've got a, a good two weeks in now. There's been some guys that have been already sent down uh, off the major league roster to their minor league camps, so they can get some more playing time, and get ready for their seasons. And uh, some of those major league guys are getting stretched out. And then some of those dudes are obviously leaving for their uh, new national teams for the next week, two weeks or so. Um so I just wanted to look at some some Grapefruit and uh Cactus League standings. Uh, some teams that have been playing pretty well, give those guys a shout out. Uh the Boston Red Sox right now are 7 and 0 in league play. Which uh you know, it's spring training, it is what it is, but they've got the best run differential I think in baseball at the moment.
1: And yeah, I think I'm seeing it right. Yeah.
0: Uh, they're 7-0 have a plus 35 like they're kind of they're kind of doing their thing right now in spring training good for them
1: yeah they better enjoy it while it lasts yeah.
0: <laughs> no doubt about that uh, i don't know where they're going to end up you know towards middle of the year but i don't think yeah. they're going to start off 7-0 but stranger mm-hmm. things have happened it's baseball uh some other notables the yankees houston toronto and tampa and the Grapefruit League all have pretty good run differentials right now. Um, Tampa Bay is kind of the, the weird little outlier. They're they're five and five, but a plus twenty five run differential. They got the second best <laughs> differential in the in that league over in Florida. But uh, you know, sometimes you drop some close games, I guess. And they're probably the games they're winning. They're probably winning big, and the games they're losing, they're losing by yeah. one or two. So it is kind of what it is over there. Uh, flipping sights over to Arizona. Uh, another kind of surprise team that's playing really good ball right now in spring training is Kansas city. Uh, the Royals are 10 and two as of right yeah. now with a plus 33 run differential. So Boston and Kansas city taking, uh, taking spring training by yeah, storm, uh,
1: Kansas city, they play, they share a stadium with Texas, do not they?
0: Uh, yeah, they do. Yeah, I'm surprised. That sounds right.
1: Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, they played them. Let's see, I have a schedule right here. They played them um, two times in a row for the first two games. Um, And, dude, Kansas City has a bunch of young studs. Just, like, I don't want to say no names and discredit them, but, like, there's just, like, these guys I've never heard of that are young that are just, like, straight-up studs. Like, uh, just their swings and defense is awesome.
0: Kansas City's always been a group that's pride themselves on, like, timely pitching and, like, athletic freaks in the field yeah uh and so you know it doesn't surprise me that they've got some young cats that can play ball uh everyone kind of knew about bobby witt coming up but Mm -hmm. you know i'm I'm guessing that they've got a a few guys in their cupboard that they're planning on being the guys pretty soon for them yeah Uh, so you mentioned the rangers in kansas city i think houston shares a stadium with washington and uh they are not Mm -hmm. having the same fortune that (laughs) Texas and Kansas city are going Washington is not Man. not doing the thing right now, but the Rangers have a nice little plus 12 Colorado's with a plus 13 San Diego's with a plus 17. The angels have a plus 18. Uh, so it seems kind of like spring training has been kind of the has and the have nots so far, which, you know, I think it kind of always goes that way a little bit. Um, Arizona is a team that I was really kind of hoping some of those young kids would get off to a hot start, and uh, they're minus thirty-four in their <laughs> run differential right now. Man, so uh, yeah. they're they're struggling to get some runs on the board, but they've won a couple games. The Giants right now are minus thirty-two, so they got to get some runs going. Um, however, the worst of the worst currently offensively speaking are the Miami Marlins with a minus forty two run differential in ten games.
1: God, it's, it's awful. I feel so bad for uh Sandy man. just like I think I mentioned in one of our last episodes he just he doesn't have any like offensive help and he'd have a lot of lot more wins if he did and they just have no offense I mean yes, it's only spring training, yes, they probably have a bunch of the younger guys up there. But, like, at the same time, like, minus 42, man. I think, <laughs> I think they just sent down
0: their number two and number five prospect, I think, mm-hmm. down to their minor league camp. So those guys aren't even getting any more reps with the with the Major League squad anymore. Um, you know, Miami said they were going to try to go this whole bat-to-ball approach and, and play contact baseball and, you know, forget having run producers, forget having the big swings in the middle and, and whatnot, which... You know, if you're hitting line drives and singles a lot, then you can score runs. But if you're not hitting the singles, then, man, it's hard to score runs in that kind yeah. of offense. There's no there's no slug right now. They need some slug. Uh, and then I thought, you know, I thought uh, looking at a couple of the prospect stats might be kind of interesting, too, because there's a there's been a few guys that have uh, really kind of produced out of nowhere. Uh There's a rookie, or there's a a kid in Colorado, Ezekiel Tovar. I don't know if you've heard this name or not, but he's gotten 20 at-bats so far in spring. Uh, He's hitting .550 with three home runs and has an OPS of 1.650. The kid is absolutely swinging (laughs) the stick right now. If
1: I'm not mistaken, I think I was in my statistics class the other day, and I got a notification that uh, Colorado, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, what was his name again?
0: Ezekiel Tovar.
1: Yeah, I think he was one of the. Yeah, Kansas City. I'm mean, not Kansas City. Colorado beat us four to one. Pretty sure he was one of the runs scored in that game. Um, hmm. but yeah, that's that's a I heard, I've heard his name before, and I've been on him on like MLB Instagram and social media too. I think they posted him a couple times so.
0: So this is just from a prospect standpoint. Uh, Tovar has the most total bases by any prospect. The next closest is the Cespedes younger brother for the White Sox, and he has eight less total bases. So, like, basically, Tovar's got two home runs over everyone. He's just killing it. (laughs) Uh, And the cool thing about him is that he's got 20 at-bats, and he has only struck out one time. So the kid uh, kid's playing ball right now he's trying to get him a spot on the big on the big boy squad which I can appreciate. Um, some other notables uh, I mentioned the Cespedes younger brother he's having a pretty decent little spring um, and then Michael Toglia, another Colorado Rocky who's uh, put together some good at bats he's slashing 316 300, 474 um, the Boston Red Sox first base. Uh, rookie tristan or i'm sorry christian Koss, i think is his name uh he's had some pretty good swings out there mm-hmm. uh has there been any more ranger guys that have kind of stood out to you
1: um evan carter uh he's he's been turned up recently um he's been hitting uh, 330 he has two steals five walks um and he won the Gold Glove last year in the minor leagues, and so they're they're saying that uh that that's showing off too. Um, so yeah, Evan Carter, obviously Justin Foscue. I'm not really sure how many dingers he has, but he has a handful. A handful, and um, I really I really wanted to watch when Kumar and Lider got in the other day, but I wasn't able to because like I don't know what's going on with the streaming here. But um, yeah, Evan Carter, he's been uh he's been turning up, and I think Cole Ragans. I really hope I'm not butchering that. Um, I think he had him a couple of good uh, starts or you know relief appearances in a couple of games. So yeah, those are the two guys from the Rangers organization that have caught my eye. Um, but I've been I've been really keeping an eye on Jackson Holiday too from the Orioles. Um, mm. I think there was a big a, a, a meme where he came. <laughs> it's so funny. He looks like he looks like a little kid. I mean, we're the same age. We're both nineteen. Um, but he's like he's so tiny. Yeah, and he has a because, kid face for sure. Yeah. And um, but I mean, they're saying his defense is. Uh, <laughs> Is really good, and he just looks comfortable out there. So, um, I'm excited to see how long it takes him to uh, to get up to the big leagues, but yeah, I just think it was funny because he was in the batter's box and he looked like shorter than my little sister. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we were talking earlier when we were talking about some of the Astros prospects and doing the deep dives like who's going to be the backup catcher between like Corey Lee and Yaniero Diaz, and uh, lately Lee has uh, has Turned up his bat a little bit. He's a uh, hitting four twenty nine and has an OPS of one dot. Uh, I think he hit his first uh, big boy home run um, a couple games ago, maybe over the weekend. He had a big blast, and so it was kind of nice to see him actually find a little bit of success after mm-hmm. his last year's stats not looking so hot. Uh, from a pitching standpoint, uh, you got anything on the uh, on the pitching side?
1: Um. I'll be honest with you all i can say is that the rangers starting pitchers have looked pretty good besides Dane dunning starting that one game i can't think of any other game where the rangers like starters like their solidified top five pitchers have done bad um that's really all i've been paying attention to like pitching wise so
0: considering the state of the the pitching rotation for the last two years in Texas yeah. is probably a, a good thing to <laughs> be paying attention to.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, looking at some of the young guys, I know the Yankees have been trotting out. Uh, I think it's Heal, Luis Heel, G-I-L, might be Gill. don't shoot me. Um, I think he's been kind of roughed up a little bit, but I think they have high hopes for him. Kyle Moeller, who came over in the Atlanta Braves trade to the Oakland Days, have been, has been getting some run, but he hasn't looked all that sharp yet, but, there's, he's a guy that they're going to be depending on, I think. Uh, my boy Hunter Brown has uh, two games, started with a a 5 ERA and has struck out six in two games, so I'm pretty happy with him. Uh, and I think Bobby Miller got his first game action uh, for the Dodgers. We had mentioned him a little bit ago about just another one of those Dodger arms that can just come up mm-hmm. and, and be a guy and think – yeah, I've got it right here. One game, three innings, two strikeouts. Uh, so, I Miller might be the a, a guy that gets called up if the Dodgers get into a into a weird spot. Paul uh, Wynn started a game for you guys today. I think
1: so. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and so he's a guy that I, I can't remember yeah, if he was he's, on the forty man or not. But he's a guy that might get a, a call up this year. Maybe he might be more of a next yeah. year kind of guy. But. Mm-hmm. Uh and then uh your boy Jack, I think kinda got roughed up in his first game. Yeah. But
1: I really hope he turns it on because I mean I know he struggled in double A last year, and granted it was it's his first year and this is only spring training, but I really want to see him in a Rangers uniform before too long.
0: Yeah. So. I think he's prob I think he's more of a I think Cole Wynn's probably a one year out, I think Leiter's mm-hmm. probably a two year out. Honestly, but that's probably going to be good because some of those contracts for the the free agents that they did sign probably runs out around that same time. Mm -hmm. So uh, it could be one of those good transitions for him. You don't have to rush him right now, which is probably a really good thing. Yeah. Uh, Some other interesting news coming out of spring training. Uh, Did you see Justin Turner get hit in the face? Yeah,
1: man. I saw it. I was scrolling through Instagram. And it said Justin Turner hit in the face, and I just kind of scrolled past it because I really didn't
0: want to see that, but I saw it. I saw it, yeah. Uh, The good news is that he seems to be doing pretty well. He tweeted out something this morning saying that uh, he's kind of back on his feet a little bit already, and uh, he looks to be back on the field soon. And I think his wife tweeted out something that he was doing a lot better and was home. Uh, The the good thing that he was able to walk out of the field on his own, like that that was a good sign. Yeah uh man, anytime you take a fastball to the face at that speed i can't even imagine i took a an 88 to my knee one time and i thought i was gonna die so i can't even imagine taking one to the face like that yeah <laughs> uh and then another a fun thing coming I mean, out of spring training that i've seen lately the pitchers have been using pitch com like on their glove and on their belt have you seen some of that
1: mm-hmm. uh explain it to me a little bit
0: so the pitch com system from last year, the catchers had the the little button that had the microphone yeah. to the to the pitchers ears. Right. And their hats
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, this year. There's some pitchers that are wearing the pitch comm either on their glove or like on their belt. And so they're calling their own pitches to okay. the catchers. Um, and so, like, it's allowing some of those guys to call their pitch as they're walking back to the rubber. And then they just get up and go with the pitch clock thing um the first guy i saw do it was zach grinky go figure uh zach's <laughs> probably in heaven with with having like he doesn't have to worry about the catcher like ruining mm-hmm. his mojo he's just calling what he wants to call and uh there's something about that that just makes me so happy uh just zach grinky's one of those dudes man uh but he's wearing it like on the back side of his glove like between the fingers uh and so he there's a, a great shot of him like catching the ball walking up pressing a button looking in, and then picking a guy off at first. And <laughs> just, like, it's, it's classic Zach key. I've seen a few other guys do it, too. Uh, but I, I thought it was really cool seeing some of the pitchers yeah. take that. The weird thing, like, I don't think it's one of those things you want to hand out to every pitcher, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, from an organizational standpoint, there's probably very few guys that catchers and managers want to just relinquish that ability, too. For sure. Uh, but, you know, Brinky's probably one of those guys that can handle it and probably kind of, at this point, is going to demand it, I think.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: I don't really know on the Astros squad who's going to try to overrule Maldonado. The only guy I could think of at <laughs> the past would be, like, Verlander, but, you know, he's not around. Mm-hmm. I think everybody else is just, like, whatever Maldonado calls, we're, we're throwing. Uh, yeah, for sure. From a Ranger standpoint, is there anybody that you think might be wearing the pitch comm as the pitcher?
1: I mean, obviously Grom. Um. Other than that, I think if if can kind of prove himself, if you know what I mean, yeah. Um, I think he might be one of the ones to do it. But other than that, I think it's just a grom.
0: So. Because I mean Jonah Heim, like I know he's a really well-regarded in terms of like framing and blocking mm-hmm. and like a technician behind the plate. Um, I don't really know. And they're all professionals. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, obviously, they're all elite at this kind of stuff. But like, mm-hmm. in terms of game planning and pitch calling and sequencing and reading batter tendencies, like, you know, where does he kind of fit? Maybe in the major league scale of that. And I don't, I don't know the answer. I'm, I'm kind of asking. Do you? What, what's your kind of thought on Haim as a mental guy behind the dish?
1: Um, I think yeah, I think he's really smart back there. Like he said, um, he's a great framer, great defender, and I think. I think he'd adjust to, you know, pitchers having that pretty well. I mean, if, yeah, I I th- I think he'd do all right with certain pitchers is what I was trying to say,
0: so. I could see a guy like DeGrom, obviously. Another I, I mm-hmm. one that comes to mind maybe is Perez because he's been around the block a little bit. yeah. yeah. Uh, And I'm guessing him and Haim kind of already have a a pretty good relationship back there. So I don't know. I I think it's interesting to see like if more pitchers start to use it in spring and if it carries over into the season. So just something to kind of be on the on the watch for.
1: Um, One thing I wanted to bring up. I don't remember if we brought it up last week or if it even happened before our episode last week. Um, My man Max Scherzer seeing those clips of him with the pitch clock how he's cheating it oh it's so funny it's great it's so funny it's like uh what is it he'll like get up and the battle only gets uh one one timeout per per at bat and so uh he'll run the clock down they'll call timeout he'll get right back on it, and as soon as they get in the box he can pitch the ball and yeah. so <laughs> We're going to see him doing that a lot,
0: and I think it is hey, hilarious. It is awesome. I think Scherzer has basically been – I don't know this, but it just seems like he's been asked by, like, the Players Association to, hey, Max, take your crazy streaks and, like, see how far you can push the gray area yeah. on the stuff <laughs> and just, like, see what happens. Yeah. And I think he's just – how how much can I get away with before somebody, like, mm-hmm. actually calls me out on it? Because uh, there's a – With him holding it and then throwing a quick pitch, getting the timeout, and then burning it. Because as soon as the batter gives his eyes, you can throw the pitch. And so, like, uh, another thing that I think is interesting, he brought up in a press conference, like, what is zero on the pitch clock? And at first I'm like, Max, what what are you getting at? Like, what are you talking about? And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? Uh, A guy like Cueto with the shimmy. That mm-hmm. guy who the, some of those dudes that do the funky release stuff where they're bringing their leg up and turning, Nestor Cortez comes to mind. Um, you know, like if if you bring your knee up at point five, zero point five, and then you shimmy and you turn and you're doing some of the stuff that those guys kind of do sometimes. Like Max might have a point. Like, what is zero? Like, how much can you kind of yeah. get away with once you bring your leg up? Because uh, yeah. the rule just I think is about the leg kick. And so, uh, another thing to just kind of be on the, on the lookout for with that, uh, I think the stolen ba- Like, there's been some more aggressive base running happening so far, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is cool. Um, and then we had our first instance. We talked about it last time. We had our first instance of the uh, the left field shift. Did you see this?
1: Yeah, Sport Gallo, man. So your boy Gallo, a break, man. <laughs> Oh, man. Which yeah, I saw that, and it was, I thought it was
0: pretty funny. Yeah. I, and I went in and looked at Gallo's, like, spray charts and whatnot, and it look—it seems like he hits the ball on the ground pretty much extensively pull. but, like, he has a lot of flare shots and, and bloopers to left field. Like, he hits the ball in the air to the left a handful mm-hmm. of times, probably more than you would feel comfortable about shifting that guy over to consistently. Part of me was just like, I wonder if – just from a defensive perspective, they just wanted to practice it and look at it and see what happens. And Gallo is a good one to practice it against. But, like, man, that, that's such a huge hole over there if they get a fly ball. Now, if you get the ground out, good job, Belt. But, man, that fly ball scares me. Uh, all right, let's shift gears real quick. I do want to plug this. We're, we're kind of in the middle of our uh, our list here. Uh, make sure you head over to swingforcontact.com if you have not done so already. On the homepage, there's a little gold box that has a subscribe list to it. Uh, if you put in your contact information, your email, you'll get a newsletter. let not for our newsletter. And in your first one, you'll get a 20% store discount code for your first purchase at the new SFC Media store where you can buy this hat or maybe our new... Jordan Alvarez, this game is Turned Upside Down shirt. Uh, There's some other merchandise, some mugs, some tumblers, um, and new shirts coming soon. Noah, I think you just picked up a sticker for uh, that laptop you've been taking around campus.
1: I just showed it off on the camera.
0: Yeah, there we go. And so, uh, you know, if you uh, want to help support the uh, the show a little bit and, and maybe get some a discount on a, your first purchase with us, uh, just go to the website and sign up for that newsletter. You use that promo code and get you 20% off. Uh, all right, let's shift gears to the WBC for a second. Uh, right. Actually, this is... Oh, you know what? Hold on, pause. Before we go to WBC, MLB News uh, article came out with their Cy Young Dark Horses and, and their MVP Dark Horses. And so I just thought some of the names on here were kind of interesting. I just kind of want to run through it before we moved on. Uh, so on their MVP list, uh, sophomore season, Adley Rushman catcher for the Orioles. I did. Think...
1: You wanna you wanna say this next name for me? Cause I'm not I'm not gonna be able to say it.
0: Masataka Yoshida. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's <laughs> got a bunch of it,
0: man. Uh, Wander Franco. Which okay. the the ceiling is there, the floor hasn't exactly shown quite where I think he needs to be. Uh, yeah. Your boy, Corey Seeger.
1: I'm telling you, with the shift gone and the way he's been hitting the ball in spring training, who knows, man? Who
0: knows? And then the, my all-time personal dark horse favorite, Byron Buxton, because the talent and the ability is there. Yeah. It's just the injury I, stuff. I is,
1: agree with you, yeah. If he, he can, can stay, stay healthy, he's definitely out there.
0: Uh, so. You know, Adley accumulated like five war in basically half a season, a little over half a season, uh, and playing a premium position. And if he comes out swinging yeah. a hot stick, you know, why not? Masataka, no one's going to really have a book on him yet. People think he's going to get on base at almost a 400 clip, so sure. Wander Franco, you know, the the guy that the Rays believe in, and we always talk about, like, the Rays have this weird way, and they don't extend guys, and they extended this dude for, like, 12 years. Um, yeah. Extension being planned coming soon for Wander Franco, by the way. And uh, yeah. Corey Seager obviously signed that massive deal last year, had kind of a weird year in Texas, uh, showed some good flashes, um, but just never quite got to Corey Seager's standards. Uh, but you could definitely see him like getting that bounce back, and uh, especially with the shift kind of being gone, and there's a lot of room for him to hit some doubles and pop them out of the ballpark a little bit. It's hard to hit home runs in that new ballpark, Um Oh, yeah. But, you know, he he's a guy that you could get a lot of extra base hits in that ballpark, and he could take advantage mm-hmm. of that for sure. And then Byron Buxton, premium center field, can rack up war like crazy, just a matter of will he play more than 120 games. Uh, and then the Cy Young dark horses, uh, Astros Christian Javier, which we have have talked about, it seems like, every hey, they episode. Finally,
1: they finally get something we agree with.
0: Yeah. It, <laughs> And so yeah, it's fun seeing his name pop up. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, definitely. It, listen, if you've ever watched a Tristan McKenzie start, go check out a McKenzie he, start.
1: He's on the uh, Guardians, right?
0: He is in the Guardians. Uh, okay. He is a very talented young pitcher. And I remember watching yeah. him his rookie season, and he just looked like this long string bean kid. Yeah. Didn't have mm-hmm. any muscle on his body and he's really developed into yeah. a good pitcher for them.
1: I want to say one of the only reasons I know who he is is because around his rookie season, I think that was when I was at like the peak of like collecting baseball cards, and I'm pretty sure I pulled his rookie card, and I'm like, this guy looks like Slender Man, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, just tall and lanky. I'm just like, what the heck? Because, yeah. you know, pitchers usually have like a little dad bod on them. They got a little you know butt know what to what I mean? them, you know, yeah, high, yeah, high yeah. hits,
0: big butt. <laughs>
1: yeah so yeah it was uh that's one of the only reasons i i know that name but uh but yeah i hope I, I hope it happens for him i hope he gets the recognition he
0: gets so we're going my buddies and i are taking a trip up to cleveland this year the ashes are playing in cleveland in june and i'm really hoping uh it's one of those things that's like i hope i don't see him because he's good and he can shut mm-hmm. like anyone down on any given day but i kind of want to go see him pitch in person he's one of those guys that i want to watch pitch live um The Twins' big acquisition near the end of the offseason was Pablo Lopez. He's made this list, which uh, coming from the NL East to the AL Central, uh, you know, no one in the American League really has the book on him probably yet. Um, And especially in that Central Division, I could see him racking up a lot of really quality wins uh, with that squad. So... You know, I, don't, I don't know if I like him as much as some of the other names on this list, but as a dark horse candidate, why not? Uh, Pablo yes. Lopez, get after it. Uh, maybe it's time for him to step out of Sandy's shadow and, and be that guy. Yeah. Um, here's a fun one for you. Hunter Green from the Cincinnati Reds. Um, kind of like Tris McKenzie. You, like not a lot of people watch a lot of Reds baseball because they've been kind of not showcasing those teams, and it's been kind of a bad squad and the owner has said some really questionable things about (laughs) their fans and their team and whatnot which sucks uh but hunter green has one of those live 100 mile an hour easy fastballs it seems um and uh you know if he finds a groove for a few starts in a row like he could be a guy that can rack up a lot of good quality starts for him Uh, And then here's a fun name from the AL West, uh, George Kirby, which I got to admit, he's really fun to watch. He's good, man. He's really good. And he uh, I remember watching him do some damage against the Astros and it's hard to do damage to that lineup. And he's done it before. Uh, One of those other really young, good arms in that Seattle rotation. Um, You got anything to add on Kirby?
1: Um, yeah, he does damage and I don't I don't like this but It's just kinda like that Seattle came became really good, um, really fast. And he's one of the main pieces of that team, one of like the main like pieces of that core that made him good. Uh but like like you said, when you wanna go see when you go see Cleveland, you don't wanna see him. I don't wanna see any good pitchers in the IOS because frankly we haven't been able to hit. So hopefully that changes this year. There you go. Anyways,
0: onward. Uh, and just yeah. So Seattle brought in Robbie Ray as the big offseason acquisition, and it turned out to be like Kirby and Logan Gilbert, and their young guys that they brought up through their system. They they developed some good pitching over there right now, so good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, the MLB news dropped their their dark horse candidates. Um, I I like some of them. I like some of the names: Christian Javier, McKenzie, George Kirby. I could definitely see, um. Hunter Green is going to have so much competition that NL pitching staff between Nolan, Wheeler, and then Scherzer and Berlander. Um, But, you know, crazy things have happened. I think he's got the the highest... uh, the hardest road, maybe, to get to that Cy Young spot, but some good names there. And from the MVP standpoint, uh, you know, I I really love Buxton as a a dark horse. I think if he plays all of his games, he could definitely be that guy. I love the uh, the Adley pick. They mentioned five American League players. I don't know if you noticed that or not. There was no NL MVP Dark Horse. I didn't notice that. You're
1: right.
0: Uh, so who's your who's your Dark Horse National League MVP? Not your favorite. Who's your Dark Horse? Uh, so you go first.
1: You go first because that's tough. That's a <laughs> lot of names I'm trying
0: to, to remember. Um, Yeah, you go first. Okay, so I... I want I've got two names, and I think they're they're both very uh, they're pretty controversial, which, you know, go figure. I think they kind of have to be Um, my first name is. uh, Oh, shoot, I just had him. Uh, Oh, so first baseman. from the Arizona Diamondbacks, Christian Walker. Okay. Christian Walker has a gold glove from this past season at first base and can absolutely mash the ball when he's on. I think he can hit the ball with the likes of a Freddie, with the likes of a big Meat Pete, uh, you know, in order to get, to be one of those guys at first base, you got to really be a slugger these days. Um, and so, you know, is he Paul Goldschmidt and Freddie and those guys right now? No, I think he's that tier below them. But as a dark horse candidate, as a slugging candidate, Christian Walker on a big season, I could see him uh, putting it all together and getting, getting some votes. Uh, my other okay. name... Uh, that I have and I don't know if, if this is um, really a dark horse but for me it, it kind of leads into the WBC thing a little bit uh, one of my guys to watch for Ronald Acuna Jr. and I know from a talent perspective you're like Ramey that's not a dark horse um, but coming off the knee surgery last year kind of finding his way not really trusting it not really being that superstar that he can be Because from a superstar talent, like he's obviously superstar talent. There's no doubt about that. But uh, he hasn't had that year yet where he's like won it. And, you know, going into the year, I think he's like the fifth ranked right fielder in a really deep right field class. Um, And so, you know, if he could take over the likes of a Mookie Betts, if he can beat out a Bryce Harper, can he beat out? a Juan Soto. Like there's a lot of really quality outfielders in that national league. And if he can come back and kind of get over some of those, uh, first year back from the ACL tear, if he can really turn it on and be who he is, uh, he, I think he has a, a good chance. And so kind of a dark horse and a half for me on that side.
1: No, yeah, I can, I can get behind the Acuna because, um, like you said, like before that ACL tear, he was he was a face of baseball. Yeah. Like actually, he was like he was a face of baseball. If you really sit there and think about it, and then when he got that knee injury, I could even tell that like his name was kind of fading out of my mind. If that makes sense. And then when he comes back, I'm like, okay, he's back. But he never he hasn't really turned it up all the way like that we can see. Maybe right. the knees holding him back. Maybe not. Um, but as for me. I'm just sitting here thinking there's a lot of like dark when you think about it dark horse names. Um, would it be, <laughs> i might get getting my fun of for this, but would it be, uh, funny or would it be cool enough for me to say jazz Chisholm Jr. in And okay. yeah,
0: um,
1: I mean, you know, he's got, he's got the speed. Uh, he's, when wins gold gloves um I will see how his transition to the outfield goes maybe that makes makes him somewhat like a better all-around player to show that he can you know play both positions um i don't know we'll see but yeah
0: you know maybe if, a little bit of- if Chaz goes <laughs> off and hits like if he has like a 30 a 30 season and he like for whatever reason he becomes a run producer they hit him like number three or four in their lineup instead of one or two and he starts driving in Mm -hmm. like like if he drove drove in 100 runs and went 30 30 in the middle of that order while playing like a premier center field defense Mm -hmm. you know stranger things have happened why not i like it (laughs) that's a good one heck yeah uh all right so let's let's go to the world baseball classic real quick um So, pool play, like we said, starts up today. I will not have this episode out today. Uh, This is probably more of a Thursday upload, probably, maybe even Friday. So, we'll be neck deep in pool play. But the first games are happening tonight. And so, wanted to go ahead and get kind of y'all's pool play predictions. I've got Aiden's written down. I've got mine. Uh, You went ahead and wrote yours down. Uh, So, just real quick to recap. Pool A, you have the Chinese Taipei. The Netherlands, Netherlands, Cuba, Cuba, Italy, Italy, and Panama. Panama. Okay, so who out of pool A is your winner in that pool?
1: Obviously Cuba. I mean, who else? I mean, I have the Netherlands as a runner-up, but who
0: else? Yeah, I I agree. I think all three of us have Cuba. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Aiden also has Cuba. Um, the, the Cuban player I think to watch for is Luis Robert slash Luis Robert uh, from the White Sox. Um, he's one of those guys that kind of fits that. You know, he, he might go off with the stolen base thing and go hit him a 2020, 20, 30 30 kind of year. Uh, he has that kind of potential, and just a matter of him being healthy and on the field the whole time. But Cuba, for all three of us, is the winner. Uh, who's your runner up?
1: Uh, I had the Netherlands.
0: Okay. So just because,
1: from a standpoint, I was looking at the rosters here. Um, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Basically, what I was just, what I was thinking, my my train of thought was, like the lineups, the lineups in Pool a besides Cuba and the Netherlands, aren't very strong like the other ones are. Um, let's see. It says they have. Kinley Jansen uh, and a couple other names here, um, but yeah, I just I don't see Italy or Chinese Taipei or Panama making any noise. Uh, so, the,
0: the one guy from Italy that I got my eye on is a uh, Vinny P, the Pascantino guy from Kansas City. I think he's a really good first baseman, really good hitting player. Uh, he's a yeah. guy that we'll be on the mine, on the on the lookout for. Uh, but, yeah, the Netherlands, I think, has a little bit deeper squad. And they got Xander Bogarts, who's probably the yeah. player to watch. Um, so, yeah, uh, Cuba and the Netherlands from Pool A from Swing for Contact. Uh, pool B. Pool B, I think, is the easiest one out of the the pools to predict, uh, in my mind. I think Japan probably runs away with it. I think they've got the, the deepest uh, squad in and the pool A and pool B, this side of the, the bracket. Um, and I'm biased because I love Japanese baseball. Uh, one of my life goals is to take a trip to Japan and go watch, like, a couple uh, organized baseball games in the in the Tokyo Dome. Like, I, I so want to do that one day. So I'm a little bit biased on it. But I've got Japan and Korea. Aiden also has Japan and Korea. And then Noah, I'm assuming that you also have Japan and Korea.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the one of the I saw a video the other day of you Darvish and Shohei talking in the dugout. Oh, in the dugout with the pitch. pitch. Yeah, and everybody's <laughs> like, "Be afraid!" Just like you know. And I thought that was so funny. But uh, but yeah, Japanese baseball, even though it might not be as big over here in the states. It's like it's a big thing over there. Like that's one of the main sports over there for them, if not the main sport. Um, And I remember in high school, like we just we'd all just hang out and watch like Japanese highlight fundamentals and and all that good stuff. So that is a Will Powell special
0: if I've heard one. That's a Coach Powell (laughs) move right there. I love it. (laughs) Uh, Like literally, I want to go take a trip to Japan where I go to a baseball game on night one. Uh, go watch, like, New Japan Pro Wrestling Night 2, just because that seems like such an event, and then go watch another baseball game at Night 3. Like, I just... Okay. I think that would just be, like, a perfect weekend trip to Not Japan. Less, yeah, that
1: sounds like fun. A lot of fun.
0: Uh, so, shifting gears to the other side, Pool C, we've got uh, Team America, USA, Mexico, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. Britain. Noah, who do you got and Why?
1: Um, pretty obvious. Uh USA, I got it running through my veins. Um I don't think there's any other reason to say that. When you look at their lineup, they're deep, they're always gonna be in the WBC they're always gonna be one of the favorites just because of the talent we have over here. Um and then I have Canada as my runner up because I mean Great Britain, you're good at soccer. Okay, you're not good at baseball. Uh Mexico I'm just like, no. And then Columbia. I don't see them running with the USA and Canada. Those are my two picks. Let's move on to you. <laughs> I,
0: I, I like it. I got USA winning, and I got Canada as my runner-up as well. Uh, to mm-hmm. me, I think Canada and Mexico is an interesting conversation. Um, obviously, in the USA, we, we kind of know the players that are going to be over there. That outfield for Team USA, man. Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Kyle Tucker, probably the projected starting three. And that is one hell of a starting three um, for your outfield, man. Um, and I I've got Canada because I'm a Freddie Freeman stand, and I love Freddie Freeman, and so I've yeah, got I was gonna him. say
1: that's that's one of the only names. Uh, I mean, that I like. I've been paying attention, but yeah, I know he's playing for Team Canada. So
0: for Mexico, I do like the fact that they've got Julio Urias <laughs> and they got Jose Urquiti from the Astros. Uh, mm-hmm. Two two pretty good pitchers to watch. Uh, but I don't know enough about that lineup. I don't know if they're going to have enough juice to uh, to get out. But uh, Aiden does have Mexico as his runner-up. Uh, like I said, I think Canada and Great—I'm uh, sorry, Canada and Mexico could be a really fun pool game to watch if you uh, you can find that one on your schedule. Watch the uh, Canada-Mexico game. Um, and then our final pool, Pool D, we've got Puerto Rico, Venezuela. Dominican Republic, Israel, and Nicaragua. Uh, and to me, this is strongest, the, the,
1: toughest. To oh pick man, from, yeah. this
0: is this <laughs> one's the hard one. This is like there's two coin flips you can make really. Uh, so just a, a little little scoop on it. Puerto Rico, obviously, probably the the front name is Francisco Lindor. Um, you know, if they if Carlos Correa was in there, I think uh you're probably looking at the best infield in the in the wbc um you got venezuela which to me is a lot of fun because you get the ronald acuna jr who i just Mm -hmm. name dropped a little bit ago for my for my half dark horse uh (laughs) and jose altuve i think having those two guys at the top of the venezuelan lineup is a lot of fun uh The Dominican Republic is just so deep in talent and uh, the guy that I'm watching it for is Julio I want to see what Mm J-Rod does on this stage Um, Israel they've got a a couple fun names Jock Peterson uh, shout out
1: Jock Peterson shout out Jock
0: Peterson Uh, and then Nicaragua has uh, I don't really know who Nicaragua has I think they've got uh A couple relievers that are in the majors, a couple pitchers that have that have made their way over. But I mean, this is between Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Dominican Republic. Man, this is such a a fun pool to (sighs) to keep It's going to be really fun
1: to watch. Uh, For sure.
0: Who do you have coming out?
1: Okay, so I put Puerto Rico. I'm gonna change that just from looking at this Venezuela lineup. You have Altuve, Salvador Perez, which a lot of people forget about for some reason, Mm -hmm. and you got Miggy, and you've got Acuna, um, and you've got Eduardo Rodriguez and Pablo Lopez and Ranger Suarez um, as your as your main pitchers. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna be the one to pick Venezuela, and then well not for winner, sorry, they're gonna be my runner up. I'm so sorry. Obviously, the winner out of the out of pool D is gonna be the Dominican Republic. I'll put my house on it I'll, I'll take I'll, I'll take out a loan and put the money on that for them to win their pool So
0: alright I uh, I'm not gonna quite go that far just cause uh, <laughs> I'm broke and I'm a teacher so let's not sell my house yet uh, but I do have the Dominican Republic winning Aiden also has his Dominican Republic uh, as his winner um, and then I also have Venezuela making the runner up so you're changing your answer to Venezuela for your runner-up? Yes, changing okay. it to
1: Venezuela.
0: I'm here for it. Uh, and then Aiden right now has Puerto Rico. So he's got Team Puerto Rico and we've got Venezuela. So for the most part, we're, we're all kind of on the same wavelength, a couple changes here and there. Uh, so just how I kind of mentioned the Mexico and Canada game is interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. That game to circle out of Pool C. I think the Puerto Rico-Venezuela game, like to me that – can decide who who's going to move on um and next week we'll talk about the bracket when we kind of actually know what teams are going to make out of pool play um but you know i just wanted to kind of give the wbc a little bit of love real quick as the games get going and, and get our thoughts on the pool play because pool play i think is a underrated part sometimes of this thing we, we take it for granted but there's uh, going to be a lot of fun baseball games happening very soon oh yeah so um uh, Real quick, we'll we'll close this thing off with this note. Uh, In the state of Texas, we've had two big kind of college basketball, college baseball (laughs) tournaments happening. Uh, One here in Houston, the Shiner's Medical Classic, uh, that featured Louisville, Texas Christian, Texas A&M, Rice, Texas Tech, and Michigan. Uh, And then up in Frisco, where the Rough Riders play, Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So the Rough Rider Stadium there in Frisco had a tournament with Ohio State, Oklahoma, California, and Mississippi State. Uh, so those were both kind of going on at the same time. Uh, no, why don't you no. give me the, the quick rundown on the Frisco Classic.
1: Okay, so yeah, I was able to be at all the games this past weekend. Um, so Ohio State ended up winning it. Um, so the way it was is uh, Ohio State was 1-1 and Oklahoma was 2-0. and and whoever went three and zero or two and one was going to win the thing. So Ohio State ended up beating Oklahoma, therefore they won the classic. Sorry if that was confusing. I just kind of confused myself. <laughs> uh, but Ohio State went two and one. They won over Mississippi State and Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma went two and one and they won over uh, Cali and Mississippi State. Sorry if I didn't if I didn't name the teams. Ohio State, Oklahoma, California, Mississippi State. We're at the classic this weekend. So. Uh, California went one and two, and they won over Ohio State big. By the way, I think it was sixteen to one, and they put a ten spot in the fifth inning, which I was just like, Jesus, dude! It's just like, it's like, and the pitching this weekend. I'm sorry, it was awful. It was awful. There were so many high scoring games, and then to round it all off, Mississippi State went one and two over. And they won a game over Cal, uh, which I was kind of expecting them to do better. Them in Oklahoma, I was expecting them to do better because, I mean, Mississippi State won the national championship, what, two years ago? So, um, and I I just, Oklahoma, they're always a team to win the Big 12. So Mississippi State kind of disappointed me this weekend, but we'll see how they do in SEC play and throughout, throughout the rest of the year. But um So the MVP for the Classic, uh, they gave to Dakota Harris, um, which he is Dustin Harris's little brother who actually plays for the Rough Riders. He might not be there this year, but he played for the Rough Riders this past season. Um, And I believe he ended up going 10 for 15.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: I think. I might be wrong. Um, And with six RBIs or seven, something like that. Um, so yeah, he won the MVP. He was obviously on the all tournament team. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, it kind of got me into college baseball. I'm not gonna lie cause I'm never really into it until like the, uh, college world series, but it kind of, it's gonna make me pay attention a little bit this year, but there
0: you uh, go. yeah, like, you know, having it close to home probably helped and being at the games, yeah. that's always, that's always a good way to get into something. Uh, down here in Houston, like I said, we had Louisville, TCU, AM, Rice, Texas Tech, and Michigan. Uh Louisville ran away with the tournament. They went three and zero. They had a 14-5 win over AM. Uh a close game with TCU, who was your runner-up in the tournament. And then they, they beat Michigan ten to nothing uh, to get a, a three-game sweep down here in the in the Shiners Classic. So good for them. Uh TCU and AM both went two and one. TCU with the big win over Michigan, the 2-3 loss to Louisville, and a 7-0 win over Rice. So TCU pitched two shutouts in this thing. Um, A&M with a loss to Louisville that I already mentioned, a 13-1 win over Rice, and then a close game against Tech that they pulled off. Uh, Rice and Tech both went 1-2. Rice won their game against Texas Tech. Texas Tech won their game versus Michigan which left poor Michigan, the Wolverines, 0-3. They uh, they got blanked twice. They got blanked by TCU. They got blanked by Louisville. And then they had a pretty good game against Texas Tech. They lost 7-10. to uh, But, yeah, Louisville came down and, and showed what's up. And so uh, you had four Texas teams, which is kind of how they usually do it. They like to bring four four teams in uh, from in-state and then bring a couple – teams from out of state in different divisions. So, uh, you know, shout shot to Louisville. You know, they, they've always been a pretty competitive group. TCU baseball has been pretty competitive. And and rice have put together some really good runs before. Um, I'm not sure where tech stands. Uh, and then Michigan, they had a, they had a rough go, but I don't know about the Frisco games. I know that if you wanted to watch some of those games from the Shiner's classic, they're actually on the Houston Astros, uh, YouTube channel because uh, okay. they record and stream out of out of their broadcast from there. So if you were a, a big Louisville fan or wanted to watch some TCU baseball from in-state, uh, go check out the Astros YouTube channel for those games. Uh, let's see. No, we got anything else that we need to cover?
1: Um, I think that's it. I'm just ready for spring training to be over. I'm ready for the season to start, man. It's itching.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I, after not going to a game at Minute Maid for like two and a half years because I was living up in Texarkana and, and being away from Houston, Uh I've already got five game tickets bought for this season. <laughs> so uh, I use my tax refund uh, very irresponsibly. I put about a third of it away for expenses, and the other two-thirds went straight to baseball tickets. Heck, yeah. And so I'm uh, I'm excited for the summer. I'm ready for the season to get here. We got uh, – a about three weeks uh three weeks until opening day and uh i'm not going to be able to go to opening day i don't think but i will be there that first sunday and then uh a couple weeks later i'm bringing you and aiden down for uh for the first rangers at minute made game on a friday mm-hmm. night that'll be a good time and uh yeah baseball season's here man wbc is going on spring training's about halfway through and uh pretty soon season's kicking off so good things are happening in america for us uh anyway real quick again just a couple quick plugs uh if you've whatever platform you're listening to or watching this on uh be sure to give us a follow uh if you would find us on our link tree has all of the links for our social medias uh, we've got a new tiktok channel uh we've got twitter instagram and then obviously we are on youtube Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music slash Podcast. So we're on plenty of places. Uh, We'd love to have you join the SFC Media family, and uh, wherever your podcast can be heard, you can find us. So appreciate you tuning in, uh, Noah. Any last words?
1: Um, no.
0: No, perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, that's episode seven. Uh, Thanks for checking in and we will see you later.